1: Good afternoon and the Most High in the name of Christ bless you. I am Josiah and welcome to our virtual living room where we examine recent events and other topics as they pertain to the Holy Scriptures. We give all thanks and all praises to the Most High in Christ and we give thanks for God's generous mercy, grace, and forgiveness. This afternoon we have a very interesting topic and that topic is the true spirit of Christmas, the true spirit of Christmas. You've heard the spirit of Christmas. We're going to explore the true spirit of Christmas. And joining with me in the virtual living room to discuss this topic, I want to welcome our brother Kabar.
2: Thanks shalom, brothers and sisters. Glad to be back with you this Sunday. And all praises to the Most High in Christ um, for all things that he has provided unto us.
1: And also join me in welcoming Yohanathan.
3: Yes, give it all praises to the heavenly Father. Uh, I would like to say uh, good afternoon to the panel and to the listening audience.
1: And we have also with us, we got our brother Kazakia.
4: Hey, shalom, brothers. And to the listeners, most out of the name of Christ, bless. Uh, definitely glad to be back and definitely enthused and excited about dealing with this particular sub, uh, subject matter right here. And, you know,
1: normally in, in, the, in uh, the virtual living room, we typically have uh, three people on the panel. But uh, this is a very important topic today, so we got uh, extra coverage on it. As a guest panelist, that we welcome uh, with me, our brother Baja
4: Hey, shalom, most high, Christ bless everybody.
1: All right, maybe I should have said James Harold Jones.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Abaja, that voice is kicking. <laughs> All right. All right, well, um, brothers, you know, when you start talking about the uh, true spirit of Christmas, it brings to mind uh, a number of things, and um, amongst all those things, you have uh, probably predominant is the Christmas tree, and then you also have uh, the lights and the candles and the gifts, the Yule Logs, the music. Uh, the 12 days of Christmas, mistletoe, ivy, Reefs, holly, candy cane, Santa Claus and the reindeer, Black Peter, stocking, nativity scene, caroling, bells, and angels. You got all that kind of stuff involved with the, um, with, with Christmas time. So, considering that you have all of those things, what does it mean? What is the true spirit of Christmas? Oh, yeah. I forgot one, in which I think a lot of people omit, and that is, it's Jesus's birthday, right? And I want to just kind of go around and just get um, uh, your brothers' feeling on. You know, most people will agree that this list is a good representation of the Christmas spirit. And with that in mind, is this right? Is this the true Christmas spirit, brother do done? Is this the true Christmas spirit? No.
3: It's in no form or fashion The true spirit First of all It's not true There's only one true spirit And that's the righteous spirit Of the Heavenly Father And um, that's the only true spirit which is the, the true spirit is Christ Christ says he's the spirit In the truth And the things that he said That was he heard given to him By the Heavenly Father That's the only thing that's true and anything on this Christmas thing is not found in the Bible. It's not true. And, um, you know, it's all false, to to sum it up. So if you ask me, it, it's a bunch of garbage, and, it, and it's set from Satan, and it's the following and the workings of Satan on all levels. Okay. All right. Uh, Brother Avaja,
1: um, is this a good representation of the true spirit of Christmas, this list that I just uh, read? Is that a good representation of the true spirit
4: of Christmas? Well, as far as the holiday goes, uh, yeah, it's a, a representation of Christmas, but that has nothing at all to do with the Scriptures in the Bible because you can go in the Bible and it shows us exactly, you know, where we're not supposed to observe those holidays and how the Most High gave us the holidays, you know, that we're supposed to observe. So, you know, as the brother, you know, to was saying, that's no, we're not supposed to observe Christmas at all.
1: Okay, all right. Uh, and uh, Kabar, y- your your thoughts on this? Is this a good representation of a true spirit of Christmas?
2: Well, you do. <clears throat> um, well, the true spirit of Christmas is, of course, the spirit that dwelleth in the world. And we know that, of course, Satan is the God of this world. And according to 1 John 5, that the world lieth in wickedness. So there you have your true spirit. But as far as the Most High and what he commended us, he told us in Leviticus 26 and 46, these are my statutes and my judgments and laws which the Lord made between him and the children of Israel at Mount Sinai by the hand of Moses. And now we have the perfection of that understanding through Christ. So there's a difference between what is actually commanded by God and the true way of life and the spirit that lies in the world, the spirit of Christmas, this wicked spirit from Satan. Okay, a wicked spirit
1: from Satan is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. that um, The, the yes, final sir. one to, to to respond to this question is: This list a true, a, a good representation of the true spirit of Christmas. Your response.
4: My response: The list is a representation of Christmas. However, here's I I don't think that's the right question to ask. The right question to ask concerning this list and what, you're, and what you're asking the brothers on the panel is, any of these things that you mentioned on this list, can we prove it in the Bible as something that the Lord sanctioned for us to follow, something that the Lord ordained for us to celebrate? Now, when you want to get into the, the high holy days, the holidays, the true holidays of God Almighty, You look in Leviticus, the 23rd chapter, the Heavenly Father gives us a list, the majority of them. The Heavenly Father gives us a list of the high holy days that he ordained that we celebrate, days like the regular Sabbath, days like Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Day of Atonement, the memorial blowing of trumpets. Those are the days, excuse me, that the Heavenly Father ordained that we celebrate. Now, the things that you mentioned, the the yule log, the mistletoe, the the, the the bells and all of that, where are those in the Scriptures? And like the Scriptures tells us in uh, 1 Thessalonians, prove all things. So if we can't go into the Bible and prove it, that means we shouldn't celebrate it, we shouldn't have anything to do with it. So as far as uh, this list that you've given us and this uh, true spirit of Christmas, as the brothers before may have already uh, talked about, they've already mentioned, Now, it has nothing to do with the Heavenly Father. It has nothing to do with Christ. It is of Satan, and those who are serious about serving the Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ should not celebrate Christmas. Okay, you
1: know, uh, all four of you brothers sound like you're in agreement that, you know, you should not be observing Christmas. Although this is a good representation of the spirit of Christmas, you shouldn't be doing these things. Okay, so what I I like to do is to go through this list and let you guys explain the reason why you shouldn't do these things, okay? Because, first of all, it's about Jesus. It's Jesus' birthday. It's being observed. Jesus is in the Bible. So what's so horrible about celebrating his birthday on December 25th? Anybody can jump in and, and respond to that one. Well, the thing
2: is, um, you can't find... Yes, Jesus is in the Bible. As a matter of fact, the entire Bible from beginning to end is about the the only begotten son of the Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ, and, and the revelation that the Most High will bring to the nation of Israel and ultimately to the world through him and according, according to the order that the Most High set it up. However... December 25th, that date that you mentioned, there is no date given for the birth of Christ in the Bible anywhere. And there is no indication at all that Christ especially wasn't born in the dead of winter. But that's kind of like, you know,
1: President's Day. You know, it's not Lincoln's birthday. It's not Washington's birthday. That's a a well-recognized fact that neither one of those guys was born on President's Day. But you pick the day to observe these guys these these presidents birthdays so what what's what's the problem with picking a date you, we don't know when Jesus's birthday was so what's the problem with just picking a date so that you can honor a man that meant so much to all of humanity well because well, it's, go ahead brother
3: yeah I was going to um add in, if I could that you know the, the scriptures never say when the when the birth of Christ is but more importantly the scriptures prophesied as the coming of the the, the of, of the one that was to show Israel repentance and until the salvation eternal kingdom of heaven. So it's, it's enough. Scriptures he even speaks of his, his birth, and and that I think is is more than enough. When it speaks of of him, uh, the angels coming, talking to Joseph, talking to Mary, and then the covenant that the heavenly Father made with David, uh, and many other scriptures of, of his coming. That, that, is, that is enough for us to, to go by, and then it's more importantly for us to follow his words, what he said in his life, and then most importantly, why he died. So, I mean, why, why are we going to waste energy trying to find something that the scriptures never even state the, the date, but it states what we should do? As, as people, I believe that's more important to follow what Christ says to do, because Christ says, you are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you to do well the reason why
1: you would do that is because you don't know when his birthday is, and you're searching for a way to honor a man that means so much to your to to your existence period i mean your your eternal existence and you're searching for a way to honor him you know what's wrong with uh you know observing his birthday on december twenty
4: fifth all right i'm I'm glad that you I'm glad as you said that you're looking for ways to honor him so now let's look at John the fourteenth chapter and the fifteenth verse so that yep. we can get the absolute understanding of how we honor Christ. First and foremost, we're supposed to be honoring Christ all the time, not just one particular day, which okay. which just so happens, December the 25th. That's, you know, during the winter solstice, and when you get into the history of it all, that's all rooted and established in idolatry and paganism. But now let's deal with what Christ said. John 14 to 15, Christ said, If ye love me, keep my commandments. Now, In no way am I minimizing the significance of the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm not doing that. But we have to do things according to the scriptures. We have to honor Christ the way the scriptures say that we have to honor Christ. And for that, I have to read the scripture again, John 14 and 15. If ye love me, keep my commandments. So if we love Christ, we want to honor Christ, we want to show our true devotion to Jesus Christ, the Son of the Heavenly Father then we've got to follow his teachings and follow his example. That's how we show that we love Christ and we honor Christ. Okay, by following his teachings
1: and his examples. And, you know, don't you think that Jesus would want you to observe his birthday, you know, and to exchange presents in his honor and so forth? Isn't that something that you would think that Jesus would want you to do? In order to honor Him, in addition to all the other things that you do, you won't steal and you're good to people and you give them stuff and all that. You know, you, you're a good person. You keep you, you keep the laws and all that stuff. You know, in addition to all those
2: things, don't, don't you think Jesus would want that? No.
0: Nope. Well, the reason that
2: and the, and the reason that Christ wouldn't want that is because because we to love Christ we have to keep His commandments and what they Christ command us? Matthew chapter 19 and verse 17 tells you and he said unto him why callest thou me good there is none good but one that is God but if thou wilt enter into life keep the commandments okay Christ came so that we may have eternal life and then he told us in order to have eternal life we have to keep his commandments that 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 is a command from Christ and if we love Christ we will obey what he says and one of the elements of those commandments one of the main things going right back to Exodus the 20th chapter was thou shalt have no other gods before me and as we explore this entire issue and topic of Christmas itself we will find out that it is based and rooted and completely established in idolatry and that's why we can't do it okay so, All right, well, well let's take a let, let's take a close look at that then and <clears throat> the date of December
1: 25th what's wrong with choosing that date to observe Christ's birthday to honor Christ on December twenty fifth. You know it's, it's it's idolatrous practice according to what you're saying, right? Mm-hmm. So, what's what's wrong with using that date? Is there is that date in particular, or would it be any date that you choose would be a problem?
3: Well, it, well, I'll tell you, i tell you this: on on that date of December the twenty fifth. There's a lot of research that's done in the world that don't, let's say they don't even believe in Christ. This people that have done research and have found out that these days are linked with other things. These Those days, that day is is linked in the, the, the worshiping of of different idol worships. And um, I know that you have some audio clips and, and that you can go into to explain that.
2: Um yeah, but, uh, I mean.
3: If you can cue those up, um, yeah,
0: maybe one up, of brothers other so. things Yeah, cue up
2: Christmas, uh, Christ's birthday. Cue that one
0: up. You up until mind. this time, the birthday of Jesus Christ, the Jewish Messiah, had not been celebrated at all. Ignoring scriptures, however, indicating that the birth probably did not occur during the winter, the church nevertheless confused biblical history and made Jesus' birthday coincide With the pagan god Mithra The birth date Of the sun god Had now become the birth date Of the son of god
2: So wow It goes to show you right there Exactly it goes to show you right there And this is um, a clip from A documentary Exploring Mm -hmm. the origins And the practices That we call Christmas today And like the the, uh, Orator was letting us know that of course, this December 25th had nothing to do with Christ. It's not written in the Bible anywhere. And it actually comes out of the pagan rituals and observances of this God called Mithra, okay, one of the ancient uh, pagan gods that the people of the lands, they worship and follow from uh, from early European times, or actually from early Babylonian and times down to the European times to what we have today. But it's not something that was ever associated with uh, that ever came out of the Bible or had anything to do with Christ's birthday, and if I could just turn to First Sec, I mean Second Timothy chapter three and verse four, we see this, and we are warned of these things in the Scriptures. Second Timothy chapter uh, four and verse three, it says, "For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall heed to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall be turned away." Excuse me, it says, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. And that's what we hear. This December 25th being Christ's birthday, that is a fable. And because our people would not stand firm and obey and listen to what's written in the Scriptures, they turned their ear away from hearing the truth out of the Scriptures from Christ to fables. And this December 25th being Christ's birthday, that is a fable, an idolatrous fable.
1: Hmm. That's 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 very very interesting, you, you know. She said that uh, it, 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 the god was Mithra, is that right? And it was the right. sun god, and right. now they changed it to the son of God. So it sounds like, is it, are you telling me then that it's the same thing? They just put a
4: different name on it. Exactly. That's always that's always been the way. Hmm. They they've always taken the gods of the other nations, and whatever name you wanted to call it. You know, it's always been that same God, but just worshipped by a different name in different nations. You know, whether it was going to be Zeus or whether it was going to be uh, Horus in the Egyptian mythology, whether it was going to be Nimrod in ancient Babylonian mythology, it was all the same thing. And they were all basically worshipped in the same manner, just called different names when you go to different nations and different kingdoms that ruled upon the earth at the time
1: and this point, I want to invite anyone who is listening right now to please feel free uh to call in uh to uh make a comment or ask a question about this because you know you, you all are bringing out some very uh, a a really interesting point and that's the this whole thing about uh Mithras sun god being born on December 25th Did I have that correctly correct yeah. Okay, so uh, if you will, if you want to call in, the number is six four six seven one six seven seven four nine, and we also have the chat room open. If you want to uh, go into the chat room and pose a comment or a question, um, you know, you know
3: um, brother Yacine, do you have a clip on um, the Greeks? Speaking of uh, the same thing, like the brother brought out, of, like they were, the Persians called it Mithra but even the Greeks had their own names. Could could you queue up up that one, if if you could?
0: Sure. A thousand miles away, in pre-Christian Rome, celebrants were paying homage to their own gods during the winter solstice. Witchcraft traditions hold that a number of pagan gods were given birth during this period, including Dionysus, Attis, and Baal, chief male god of fertility and licentiousness. Another pagan god from Persia, identified as Mithra, was said to have been born specifically on December 25th. Mithra was the god of the unconquerable sun, the god of the light between heaven and earth, worshipped at that time by an influential Roman cult. His birth symbolized an end to the long nights and a return to the dominance of the sun. During the month-long winter solstice celebration, courts in Rome were closed. Any and all crimes were allowed. Homosexuality, cross-dressing, and uncontrolled debauchery reigned supreme. Rome's order was turned upside down. Even children were allowed to join in the drunken orgies as part of the juvenile celebration. Oh
1: my goodness! I, I, wait a minute. I, I use, but what you brothers are suggesting is that people that are celebrating Christmas. Are involved in worshiping Mithra?
4: Exactly. Mm -hmm. Above and beyond. In which the Lord told us in Exodus, the 20th chapter, and brothers, help me out. Believe it's like verse 3. The Lord said it straight up, point blank. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. So when our people celebrate things like Christmas, and it's not, it's not just limited to Christmas, but being that this is that time of the year and we're talking about it, when our people celebrate this holiday, they're celebrating, uh, for certainty, they're celebrating the worship of other gods. In other words, they are committing idolatry. But, you know, how?
1: Because, I mean, you know, don't don't God judge you by the intent of your heart? And, and the intention is to honor Jesus Christ, to die to save the world, right?
2: Wow. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Another, but, but the scriptures tell you that Christ said it himself, he that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, or as it's written in the Bible, okay? It has to be according your honor, your respect, because the Heavenly Father can when he made the first covenant and it goes right into the second covenant, said that you, will, you should not honor me or pay respect to me according to the ways of the nations, okay? Because they do all of these abominations, sacrifice their children, uh, commit these idolatrous uh, fornication and, 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 and all these practices that they have. The Heavenly Father specifically laid it out and told us the way they honor their God, that is not how you are to honor me. So the entire, when the Most High first established His first covenant, on down to the second through Christ, He always stipulated how we were supposed to show honor, respect, and love and devotion toward Him. It had nothing to do with any of the practices that we have today. And above, I mean, Christmas above a lot of the other pagan holidays was one of the most, uh, one of the most heinous, one of the most. Um, uh, wicked and lewd type of practices of racism that you have out of all of the pagan holidays that you can that you can name. It sort of brings everything together in one explosion of idolatrous fornication and murder and everything else. And as we go through the show you'll see that. But but, but Harry, come on now, right you, know, right you don't
1: you don't you don't see people doing that these days. You don't you don't see people uh, celebrating Christmas by having orgies and invite children to get involved in orgies and and just all kinds of debauchery. Do you see that? Yes,
2: well, that, that, because in in Nevada, in Nevada, every time around the Christmas season, you have the pagans who actually gather out there in the desert. That happens in America at, at this day and time. Who is they're going to gather out there? As a matter of fact, Christmas is coming up, and it's in America, they're going to gather out there in the desert, in Nevada, and in other places all around, and this practice is growing and growing more and more. You can look it up for yourself. They're going to gather in the desert. They're going to burn huge bonfires, and they're going to allow children to participate in these practices, and they're going to have the fornication that's going to be going on. It's going to be the drinking. It's going to be the wild revelous parties going on. That is what's going to happen in America today in about two weeks. That sounds like it ought to be against the law.
1: What is yeah. there a law
2: against that? It was against the law at one time here in
3: America. All of that garbage was 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 uh, when you when you take the time and read and um you see in the history and the archives of the US at one point this Christmas celebration was outlawed. But it was like actually, was Christmas outlawed Go ahead, go
2: ahead.
1: Christmas outlawed in the United States. Oh yeah, yeah
2: if and you can because, go ahead. I.
3: Okay, and because people love to follow Satan and love to forsake the most high, it is now accepted as it is as it is something right and something spiritual and something holy and the gathering of family and all of this when it's when it's all cloaked in um demonic evilness and not from the Heavenly Father.
2: You know what? Another another loophole, in it because you say, you know, shouldn't this be outlawed in America? And at one point in time, and we're going to listen to the clip, that it was outlawed. But when you look at the specifics of it, of course, in Nevada, the laws of that state is different from the laws in the other places. I know, like, say, you can't have an open bottle or container and just be walking down the street drinking in Atlanta, but you can do it in New Orleans. You can't. In, in, engage in uh, uh, prostitution in the other states, but I believe in Nevada you actually can, mm-hmm. or or, so, or something similar to it, and that's why they choose that state to go there and do it because according to those state laws there, they are allowed to do it there, and that's the loophole that these pagans and this December twenty fifth idolatrous sexual orgy practice. That's why they choose that state to do it in. Now, of course, at one point in time, that ain't even happened in America. And you could queue up uh, clip number 1652. Uh, 1652, what is that? Um, let me go in the clip. That is an uh, audio clip. I know it, it says 1652 Christmas. Okay.
0: Following England's lead in 1659, the colonies of America had likewise outlawed Christmas. For 200 years, the clergy in New England battled to keep the riotous celebrations honoring the pagan god Saturn from infiltrating the New World.
2: So, what? So we see, exactly.
1: In it, they think not only the United States, but they said the United
2: States followed England or the colonies followed England. Exactly, because you had the Romans bringing in those practices into you know, England, and, of course, they fought it until the church, the Roman Catholic Church, because of the large following in these praying practices, finally succumbed to it. And then, you, of course, you had the cascading effect where that finally came into the colonies of the United States because, of course, as you know, you know, the U.S., was called the U.S. today, was just a colony of Britain, a colony of, of England, so that these practices at 1659 wasn't going on. As a matter of fact, it was actively protested against because of all of the wickedness and because of all of the idolatrous, wicked practices that actually went on on that day. And we could go on some more clips of that, but it just goes to show you in the early history of the United States, Christmas was outlawed. As a matter of fact, it was against the law to even engage in, a, in that practice and that celebration. Wow. All right, uh,
1: uh, Kazak, I think you wanted to read
4: the scripture earlier. Sure did. Because uh, this whole this this discussion basically is basically centered around honoring Christ. Now, let's read the scriptures. Prove all things, right? So let's read the scriptures about that. John 5 and verse 23, that all men should honor the Son even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son, honoreth not the Father which hath sent him. So now let's, so let's deal with this. The Lord, the Lord gave us in specific instructions on how we are to honor him, and they're found in the Bible. We honor the Lord by not having no gods before him, keeping the Sabbath day holy, celebrating his high holy days, not murdering, not stealing, so forth and so on, right? So now, those are, that's the way we honor the Heavenly Father. Why is it all of a sudden now that we got a different way of honoring Christ? No, we honor Christ the way that the Scripture says we're supposed to honor Christ which was the reason why I read that scripture in John 14 and 15. If ye love me, keep my commandments. If we love Christ, we honor Christ, then we've got to keep and follow his teachings and his example. That's how we show that we honor Christ. And when we do honor Christ the way the scripture says that we're supposed to honor Christ, not only are we honoring Christ, we're also honoring the Heavenly Father who sent Christ Okay. Now, you know, speaking in
1: terms of honoring uh, Christ according to the scriptures, <clears throat> um, you know, there's some people that would ask the question, uh, what's wrong with me honoring Christ
4: in my own way? Why should that be a problem? All right. Where's that scripture at? I believe it's in Romans 10, and I'm looking for it right now as we speak. It's, uh, yeah, starting uh, Romans 10 starting at verse 1, and I'm going to read to uh, verse 3. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness, is going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. So it's the same thing that the example still applies. People being ignorant of God's, excuse me, first and foremost, verse 2. People have a zeal for their Heavenly Father, a zeal for Christ, but not according to knowledge. What knowledge? The knowledge of this Bible, the scriptures. So as a result, they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of the Heavenly Father, which basically means because they don't, they have no knowledge of the righteousness of the Heavenly Father and how to honor him and his son Christ, are going about to establish their own righteousness. They're going about to establish their own practices, their own customs of how to follow and serve the Heavenly Father instead of submitting themselves to the knowledge of how to honor the Heavenly Father and Christ already written in the Scriptures.
1: Yeah. Okay. And that, go
4: ahead.
3: And and also on top of that people to go on to that statement as to um finding a way to honor Christ by his birthday, let let's give one thing what Christ said in, in Saint John chapter twelve verse thirty two. This is what Christ said himself. He said in, in Saint John chapter twelve verse thirty two. He said, Not, and and it says, And I if I be lifted up from the earth will draw all men unto me. So it's not by his birth that and not shortcoming his birth by no means because this is the son of the Heavenly Father that was this is that point in time the Heavenly Father allowed him to come on this earth. But Christ is letting you know that when he's being lifted up from the earth symbolically speaking of his death and his resurrection from um being what um crucified on the cross three days, three nights in the earth and risen back to the Father. That's in that when he went through that. This is how he's going to draw all men unto him by us repenting and by us following his word by his death, by him taking on those sins for the nation of Israel. And that now that we can now enter that straight gate to the Father, that's how he's going to gather all men. It's not his birth, not the shortcome his birth, but it's, it's more significant, much more important of his death and what he came for. As a man, what he stood for and what he took on, as the love that he had for Israel, as a man, and died as a man to be be called the what the Son of Man. So that that's the most important thing. That's how we honor Christ by doing that part. Okay.
2: And, the, and another aspect, another aspect of that is because, and we find this especially in a lot of the traditions and the practices that we have going on, you know. Uh, well, all over the world, but in America today as far as, you know, the Christmas and the East and the Thanksgiving and all of these things. Because, you know, the brother read the scripture about how, you know, there's a zeal but not according to knowledge. And we can't, we can't allow ourselves to lean on our own understanding as it relates to us worshiping God because, remember, Christ said that we have to worship God in what? In truth and in spirit. But we don't do that. that doesn't, you don't see that going on today. What do you see going on today? Christ already spoke about it. Mark 7 and 9. This is what you see going on today. Mark 7 and 9 tells you, and he said unto them, dealing with the scribes and the Pharisees, but the same thing applies to uh, those of our people today who reject Christ. And he, said, and he said unto them, full well, ye reject the commandment of God that ye may keep your own tradition. So this is what happened. People weigh in a balance and decide on what they feel is more valuable to them. They can be given a commandment, which is the true way to serve God, and they can be given a tradition of men uh, according to how men establish that they're going to honor and serve God. They weigh the two in a balance, and they knowingly decide to go with the tradition. In the in aspect about the tradition that's so wrong is that the tradition is actually contrary to the commandment. So you have people knowingly and full knowledge choosing to choosing a tradition over a commandment, choosing a true a false way of life and a false path over a true way of life and a true path, and they put aside the commandment, which is the true way, to follow a tradition, and the tradition itself is against the commandment. So you see, this is a problem that is going on, and this is the very thing that Christ taught against, to bring us back to, not tradition, bring us back to commandment, the commandments of God, not to the traditions of men. This is a problem. Okay. All right. Well, um, you know, we
1: uh, definitely uh, explore real well, I think, uh, this whole thing about Jesus' birthday. And uh, I tell you, you know, I would imagine that a lot of people are going to be uh, pretty stunned to understand this whole thing about Mithra and the son, God, and also, of was surprised to know that Christmas at one time was banned in in in, uh, in Great Britain as well as in the United States. In and, and Great Britain at that time I think uh it, it was basically an empire around the world. So I would imagine that you know there was uh, a number of other uh countries that were not observing Christmas at that time. So that that, that all that information is 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 kind of stunning. <clears throat> but um what I want to do uh, is to go ahead and go to an announcement and then come back and start discussing these other aspects of Christmas to see what's really going on there. And we're going to start out with, uh, you know, looking to, taking a look at the Christmas tree and the barge. I'm going to direct that one to you. And okay. we'll come back from the announcement. Brothers and sisters. At this time, please accept our invitation to visit us in the virtual living room to discuss today's topic. Comments or questions are eagerly encouraged whether they agree or disagree with the viewpoints expressed by those involved in the program. To visit us in the virtual living room, please call 646-716-7749. Also you can visit our website at t-h-e-b-o-c-c dot com or you can email us at bodyofchrist at ureach.com. ureach dot com reach is the letter u followed by the word reach so that's bodyofchrist at youreach dot com or call us at one eight seven seven. 871-1712. This program is broadcast live each Sunday at 2 p.m. Remember to visit us right now in the virtual living room by calling 646 716 7749. Now, back to today's show.
0: It will
1: be Christmas Day City sidewalks, busy sidewalks in style In the air, feeling All right, welcome back to the Virtual Living Room. And today we are talking about the true spirit of Christmas. The true spirit of Christmas. And we recognize that on Christmas you have, or leading up to Christmas, you have a lot of shopping going on and you have people making plans of what they're going to do on Christmas. You have uh, people buying gifts for those they love and care about and planning uh, big meals and just to get together with friends and relatives and so forth. And, you know, there's just a certain spirit that just fills the air during that time of the year. And so far in the program, we covered a couple of very interesting things, and one is concerning Jesus's birthday, which you know many say that's the reason for the season. But you know what your brothers are um, revealing here is that actually this is the birthday of Mithra, the sun god. You know, and I think a lot of people are going to be really surprised about that. And the other thing, at one time, Christmas was a, 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 a holiday that was so filled with violence and uh sexual immorality and debauchery that Great Britain, which uh ruled a great part of the earth at the time uh actually banned christmas and which also meant that it was uh, it was uh, eventually banned in the united states uh or the colonies at that time um now about you you got somewhere in excess of a billion people, maybe approaching two billion people that will observe Christmas, and I have talked to people in the course of my life that say that they don't observe Christmas because they feel like it's too commercial. Okay, well, I can kind of understand that, but you brothers are bringing out some, some points here that speak to something far more significant than is too commercial. I mean, way more significant um, because you got in excess of a billion people who apparently – are worshiping Mithra, the sun God, for what you're bringing up.
2: Exactly. So, you're I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, I just, wanted to say, I just wanted to say that, you know, for the dear brothers and sisters in the listening audience, to please understand that you're hearing audio clips, to understand that these aren't, you know, audio clips that we made up. These, this, these audio clips that they're hearing and this information that they're hearing, it is from a documentary. It is called... The documentary is called The Unwrapping of Christmas Its History, Myths, and Traditions. It is produced by Jeremiah Films. So, just sort of a listening audience can know they can go and purchase this documentary. We, you know, it's encouraged you go ahead and purchase the documentary yourself and listen to the entire thing. I believe it's about two hours long. The documentary is called The Unwrapping of Christmas Its History, Myths, and Traditions, produced by Jeremiah Films. So please listen in audience, go out and, and, and just listen to it for yourselves and know that this is where we're actually getting these audio clips from. You can get it yourself and listen to it for you and your family to know, you know, this, this background history on this pagan holiday. Okay. I'm glad you brought
1: that point out and bring bringing out that information. But uh, Abaja,
0: right. you know,
1: tagging on what we've discussed so far, you know, just going down this list, at the top of the list, after Jesus' birthday, the most dominant feature, you know, at least in, in my mind, that represents Christmas is the Christmas tree. So is, is that a problem to have a Christmas tree?
4: Yes, it is. Um, first, I'd like to uh, start in the book of Titus, chapter 3 and verse 1, where uh, Paul was uh, writing a letter to Titus and giving him some counsel. And uh, when you read in Titus 3, verse 1, it says, For we ourselves also were foolish... Me, were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving diverse lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. So the thing is, is that you know some of us. I have, I actually grew up celebrating Christmas. You know, every December 25th. You know, it, and then as a child, you know, you're looking at the whole aspect of putting up the Christmas tree, decorating the house, putting up the mistletoe. You know, singing the Christmas carols, but. Every aspect of that holiday, you can go back and historically reference, you know, where it came from, its paganistic roots and how it goes. When you read the scriptures, how every aspect of Christmas was and is, you know, an idolatrous practice. There's something, you know, you're not just decorating the house just to, you know, make it look good because it's December 25th or December. You're trying to get in the spirit. All of those things have a meaning as far as promoting that wicked spirit of Christmas. So that's where he was, you know, and that's just one aspect of some of the things that we were doing in the world, you know, that's against the uh, the scriptures. But when you go to Jeremiah, the 10th chapter, because the good thing is that, you know, that I've noticed I'm glad that we're sticking primarily, you know, to the scriptures and just using that as the foundation because, you know, there are a lot of things in history, you know, that can come up. But the scriptures actually mentions a Christmas tree, or what is known today as a Christmas tree.
1: Okay. okay. All right. So all right, that's good. All right. So what does it say about uh, putting up a Christmas tree in your house and celebrating Christmas?
4: Okay. I want to go to the book of Jeremiah chapter ten. And and I'm going to try to not just run through it because there's a lot of information here that that we're about to uh, go into. And basically the aspects of the scriptures are, you know, are there that shows us why we're not supposed to, excuse me, why we're not supposed to observe this holiday as well as any of the holidays that the heathen have set up. Okay. I'm going to start in Jeremiah chapter 10 and verse 1. And it says, hear ye the word which the Lord speaketh unto you, O house of Israel. Thus saith the Lord, learn not the way of the heathen. And be not be not dismayed at the signs of heaven, for the heathen are dismayed at them. So the Lord is telling Israel right here off the bat, he says, Learn not the way of the heathen. Okay? And what that's going into is basically uh hold on a second. And basically what's that what that's going into is when he was saying that learn not to wear the heathen, it means just that, okay? Don't learn their ways. Don't learn their custom. Don't follow their traditions. Don't observe their laws. And what I mean by their laws, basically going into those aspects of the things that they observe as far as the heathen may go into, like, fornication. The Lord told us not to do that, okay? The heathen eat unclean foods. The Lord told us what was clean and unclean for us to eat, Okay. And so, going down, he says, and be not dismayed at the signs of heaven, for the heathen are dismayed at them. So, the heathen were observing things like astrology, and they see, like, the eclipse and things like that, and thinking that these were bad omens. Okay? The Lord told us to not be dismayed at those things. Because what? The creator of the universe is our power. And he told us what to follow and what to observe, and how that he was going to be our God. All right? Now, going down, verse 3. For the customs... And that's a very good word there, customs, because this custom of Christmas is what we're discussing. Okay, for the customs of the people are vain. So the Mosiah is showing us that this custom of Christmas, okay, this custom of all of these other pagan holidays and the things that people follow in the world, he says they're vain meaning they're worthless because he didn't set those things up for Israel to follow. Okay, Mm -hmm. he gave us the holidays for us to follow, or the holy days, the days that we honor him. All right. He says, for one cutteth a tree out of the forest, the work of the hands of a workman with the axe. So back then, there weren't any, like, plastic trees that people used to break down and put up in the attic, okay, or put in the basement. We used to go out, okay, people used to go out back in the day, and they would cut those trees out of the forest. And they would use specific type of trees, like fir trees and evergreens and things like that, because even when you go back to the historical reference, you know, even from that documentary, it tells you that they chose those specific type of trees based on some aspect going into that deity that they worshipped, okay? Yeah. And uh, brothers can interject, you know, at any time. Verse you know, 4. If, Go ahead.
2: No, no, no. Finish the scripture. i I just could, Josiah, if you can just play the trees clip uh, after the brother finished just so, you know, to listen to the listening audience will have that also. Right. Okay. Go ahead. Do you want me to play it now, or? Uh, yeah, go ahead and play it now.
1: Okay.
0: During the winter solstice, trees would be chopped down, brought inside, set up, and decorated as idols for worship.
1: The Christmas tree was regarded uh, as a as a sacred tree. Uh, the uh, the pagans of northern Europe uh, typically uh, worshipped trees. They uh, regarded trees uh, and groves as sacred. So. Uh, uh, the bringing of the uh, tree into the house would a, be a way of uh, bringing this uh, supernatural uh, source of blessing uh, into your home. That was that was the whole idea that there were there were spirits uh, who resided in the trees. All right, brothers, it's not getting any better. Go ahead, Labaja. <laughs> That's pretty bad. <laughs> hey, I, I
4: like the way he said supernatural source of blessing because we're going to read into that as we read further down. Uh, I'm going to start at the top of verse 3 again. For the customs of the people are vain. For one cutteth a tree out of the forest, the work of the hands of the workmen with the axe. And it's important, it says the work of the hands with the workmen with the axe, because the tree wouldn't go uproot itself and rest in your house. You had to go to the forest to get it. Okay, showing you that it's not going anywhere on its own power. And it's going to continue to say that as we go down. Verse 4, they deck it with silver and with gold. And this is why, see, basically going into some of these Christmas cows deck the, bowels with, uh, deck the halls with boughs of holly, mm. okay? they put putting the tinsel, the silver, and the gold tinsel on the trees, okay? All of those things were the gifts because the people believe when you go back into the history of Christmas, the people and not even Christmas, just the whole aspect of that tree and what it represented and how all of these things came and evolved to be known, you know, of what people know today as Christmas, Okay? They used to basically give this tree, which they think they believed a spirit was in this tree. They used to give it gold and silver. Okay, they used to give gifts unto this tree so that they could receive a blessing because they felt that if they didn't, then they would be cursed. That was the whole mythology and the lore behind the the origins of the Christmas tree and all of these things that people are celebrating today, which are known as Christmas. Okay, and they they deck it with silver and with gold. They fasten it with nails and with hammers that it moves not. Okay. Uh, verse 5. They are upright as a palm tree, but speak not. They must needs be born because they cannot go. So it's showing you that this tree, first of all, the tree has to be fastened down. Okay, so it doesn't fall over. Showing you that it's a tree. There's no spirit that's in the tree that's going to come out and curse you. The tree does not have the ability to speak. Okay. The tree has to be carried. Because it cannot move on its own Showing you the Messiah is saying that the customs of the people are vain This is worthlessness, this is foolishness Which is why, why I read the, the first scripture back in Titus He said, for we were sometimes foolish Okay Showing you the foolishness of, of celebrating means observing these holidays Okay uh, They are upright as the palm tree, but speak not They must needs be born because they cannot go Be not afraid of them, for they cannot do evil neither also is it in them to do good. So the Most High is showing us through Jeremiah the prophet that these trees cannot bless us. We're not going to be cursed if we don't observe the the, the uh, customs, okay, to receive some type of good luck from this tree. He said it's foolishness. And when you go into the commandments, that's called idolatry when we do those things.
3: And if I could add. Sure, go ahead. Um, and also – Again, the brother said this is Jeremiah, and the reason why Jeremiah was, was speaking this is because at this time, our forefathers were about to go into captivity into the land of Babylon under the Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians, and now we were about to experience, a lot of our forefathers were about to experience all types of, um, different types of idolatry because that, that wasn't the, the customs of Israel, it was the customs of of, of um, other nations, and they were about to be exposed to a lot of those things. Um, if I could read Psalms uh, chapter 95, I'm going to read verse 1 to verse 6. It says, O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with songs. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods and in his hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is, also, is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. O oh, come, let us worship, and bow down, let us kneel before the Lord our maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his past, and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you were hear his voice. Um, the reason why I read that is because Right here, it's showing you, when David read this song here, that the Most High is no spook in the trees, like like how Jeremiah was saying, that it needs to be born. The, the Most High don't have to uh, make a win and make people afraid and think, oh, that's God there, or that's God here, or, or, or whatever. The Most High made everything. He's the creator of everything, and... When the Heavenly Father wants his presence to be known, the scriptures tell you in many ways how he did it, how he spoke to our forefathers on that mountain. What was it, brother? Mount Horus, Sinai? Mm-hmm. Back then, and, and when he talked and everything, there was fire shooting and everything on, on that mountain. So it, it's not about um, the, the Heavenly Father or, or God is in these trees or these things. The Heavenly Father created all those things for our services, for fire, build our houses, and all that other stuff. To think that that's a God in that stuff is, is, is crazy and madness because the Heavenly Father is, is the Heavenly Father. He's the beginning and the end, and, and he has no, no beginning and has no end. So giving our faith to the Heavenly Father, he is that he is, you know. Okay.
1: All right. Well, uh, brothers, we got about another 30 minutes or so left. And um, I want to go ahead and just kind of let you know what we're going to try to cover here Because, Doc, if you would, uh, like for you to uh, talk a little bit about the Christmas gifts And your one, and thun, if you would uh, cover the Yule Logs and Kabar uh, Santa Claus And uh, Abaja, if you would, talk a little bit about um, the uh, Christmas bells, the bells of Christmas Is there any special meaning behind that? So uh, if you will, because uh, I'm going to go ahead and start with you. Would you tell us, you know, about the Christmas gifts? Is there anything wrong with that? What's,
4: what's, what's wrong with Christmas gifts? You're just giving uh, a present to somebody. Okay. Uh, is there anything wrong with giving a present to somebody? No. But let's look at the symbolism of the quote-unquote gift-giving at Christmas time. First and foremost, you got this tree in your house that you're not supposed to have in there. Uh, that Christmas tree, which is idolatry. And believe it or not, in history, once people brought the tree into the home, they used to bring gifts and set it under the tree so that they would receive that, that, that blessing for the tree so they wouldn't be cursed, so they would receive some type of blessing. So th- so that so that still is going back or referencing idolatry. Here it is in history, people will actually put real gifts to this tree to honor this tree, this idol that was brought into in their homes so that they would receive a blessing from that tree. And we all oh, know that wow. that's, that's, that's idolatry.
0: Look, here it is,
4: here again, Exodus 20 and 3. Now, hold on, matter of fact, because it goes a little bit deeper than that, let's go to Exodus chapter 20 and verse 3. Before you go there, let me just make
1: sure I understood you correctly. You're telling me that these gifts... They're being offered to the tree That's right In history
4: they offered These gifts to the tree With the hope that The tree or the spirit That's in the tree would be appeased Or pleased with the gifts that were Offered and that the spirit Would bless the household That's idolatry So now let's look at what uh, the Lord says about that Exodus chapter 20 verse 3 Thou shalt have no other gods Before me verse 4 Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven images, excuse me, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. Verse five, very key. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. But the point is. We were not supposed to bow down to these inanimate objects like trees or rocks or, 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 or fishes, animate objects now, or animals and bow down to those things and worship those things and think that those things are the Heavenly Father. They are not. Those are creations. We are supposed to bow down, serve and reverence the creator, not the creation. We bow down and, and serve and reverence the, the the Heavenly Father, the Creator, by keeping his commandments now through the example of Jesus Christ. Okay, but that's, that's what that's, that's, that's where the gift-giving comes from. Because, like, how do you respond to somebody? Any
1: of you brothers could jump in and answer this. How do you respond to somebody that Said, listen, I am not worshiping any tree. The tree is in my house, but all that is is decorations, and the gifts are not for the tree. The gifts are for the people whose names are on the gifts. You know, how do you respond to somebody that
4: takes that position? Well, anyone who who wants to take that position, of course, that's their position that they want to take. But the overall, we just read in the scriptures, and you, you tell them, look up the history, challenge them to go research the history, look at where the look at the symbolism, or research the symbolism of the gift giving. One, then two, really challenge them to get into the scriptures read the scriptures, and see where the Heavenly Father sanctioned that. If they get into the scriptures and see uh, or try to research the Bible and see where the Lord sanctioned uh, that practice, they're not going to find it because it's not there. And at that point, if they see that it's not there, then hopefully they should begin to question themselves and research further and see, all right, if the Lord didn't sanction Christmas, what did the Lord sanction for me to celebrate? What are the high holy days or simply 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 stated, holidays that the Lord gave that I must follow. Then comes repentance.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Anybody else got a uh, position
1: on that or a or, or, or response to someone that takes a position like that? Okay. Basically, right,
4: uh, brother pretty much uh, said it. I mean, it was brought out through the Spirit. Because the thing is, we have to understand, I mean, giving somebody a gift in and of itself is not evil. But when you're doing these things in conjunction with the basically being attached or tied to the observance of Christmas, that's where you start going into, you know, going into idolatry, okay? Even though you're not giving the gift, per se, to the tree, you're, doing, you're giving this gift in the spirit of Christmas, okay? That goes into celebrating that holiday, and that's where the offense according to the scriptures comes in.
1: Okay, all right. And we've already established, you know, what what – the holiday Christmas is about Jesus' birthday. <clears throat> okay. All right. So you, you're you well done. You know, th- I've heard you hear this term Yule mentioned uh, around Christmas or in connection with, with with Christmas and the 12th days of Christmas and, and things like that. Um, what, is, what is all of that
3: about? Okay. Uh, if you can cue up that um, audio clip of Yule Principles, Okay. And uh, that that will explain by the researcher. What what's the name of that? Uh, the Jeremiah who? I think, uh,
2: I think it's, uh, uh, yeah yeah. Well, you you talking about where's the documentary? Who made the documentary? Right. Yeah, it's the Twelve right. Days of Christmas by uh, Jeremiah Films. But that clip I think you want is uh Yule Twelve Day. Right.
3: Is that the where, one you
1: where, want? You want Yule 12 days or Yule principles? Uh, I want the Yule uh, principles. Okay, here it is. Mm-hmm.
0: It was during the pre Christian midwinter pagan celebrations of Scandinavia's Norsemen where today's Christmas traditions began. As a means of honoring the pagan sex and fertility god Yule, a 12 day celebration during the month of December was inaugurated. A large single log considered to be a phallic idol was lit on fire and kept burning for 12 days. Animal or human sacrifices were offered in the fire on each of those days. Wild, delirious reveling accompanied the daily sacrifices as drunken participants defiantly strove to make contact with spirits. Huh. That's insane. Okay, so wow.
4: Yeah. Thank
1: God. Right.
3: Okay, so ahead. it's okay. mm-hmm. so it's like basically to sum it up. Here it is, man. Because they don't don't want to follow what the Heavenly Father um, has, the beginning who created everything, uh, commanded uh, us to to do. Here it is. Now they're cutting trees down and making that a a a sex object. lighted it on fire. And calling that some power and deity in that here it is you got a log. What it says phallic. There, let's keep it real. It's speaking of uh uh genitalia. And now you you setting it on fire like it's got some power, you know. And 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 it, it speaks about um, the the drunkenness, the sexing party and and all of that. So it shows you it all goes into that fornication, you know. And and that stuff is not a what. So now, let's just say now, we got singers now that, you know, as a man I listen to, like uh, many different groups, and they're singing about the Yule towel and the Yule log and and all of this with no understanding that this stuff is embedded in wickedness. You know, this this stuff is embedded in uh, fornication, whoredom, lasciviousness, on and on, acts that the Heavenly Father does not want us to do. And it, and it's not from the Lord, but these things or people are igno- ignorantly following or to care less. They think that this time of the year when they get into that nostalgia of this stuff here, that this stuff is uh is positive. But it's one hundred percent wickedness, you know. Um, um if I can read Acts seventeen twenty nine it says for as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is right unto gold or silver or stone, graven by art and man's device. Okay? And, and the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. So say you didn't know. Okay? But now it's our time to repent and come up out of that because the Heavenly Father has nothing to do with the long burning and, and, and sex, w- wicked sex going on. And it has nothing to do with the Lord. Now all of that is in what the Lord said not to um, to follow, He says, don't have any graven images, and don't bow down to serve them. And and when you do these things, you're serving this wicked entity, and it's not from the Lord.
4: As a matter of fact, I'd like to read that scripture that you, that you that you just talked about. That's Leviticus chapter 26 and verse one: "Ye shall make you no idols nor graven image, neither rear you up a standing image, neither." shall ye set up any image of stone in your land to bow down unto it, for I am the Lord your God. So there it is right there. The so the Yule log, the Christmas tree, all of that is idolatry, the setting up of the, uh, or the rearing up of standing images and, and, and idols and bowing down to those things and reverencing those things, which the Lord tells us, Exodus, the 20th chapter, also Leviticus uh, 26 and 1, that we should not do. And the, the Lord telling us not to commit idolatry is all throughout the Bible. We're just citing two specific places in the Bible where the Lord said for us not to do that. And, uh, and, and, and again,
3: you you got this tree burning in the woods somewhere originally. Now you got it in the houses. And originally it was, it was supposed to be a giant penis burning, and it was supposed to be a God power in there. So now what sense would it make for us to continue singing about that and, and going into it, even a smaller version in the house, and and we, reading here the history of behind it, it, it doesn't make any sense for a man to follow it. we got to repent out of those things. we got to turn. It's as simple as, okay, finding out this is wickedness, and it's as simple as, okay, I'm not doing it because that's not of the Lord.
4: Okay? Right, and I just wanted to add that the, that people need to be very clear. About what the scriptures are saying because it said Back in Jeremiah learn not the ways Of the heathen for the customs are the People are vain because the thing is Okay they're not burning the, the, the Yule log out in the forest and running around Naked and drunk and all of that Per se on a mass scale but Again by following these Customs okay By bringing the tree into our Houses decorating it with the Tinsel decorating the houses With the holly and the mistletoe And things like that that's still observing the customs. You don't have to be bowing down in some dark pit, okay, and drinking blood thinking, okay, well, we don't do that anymore, so we're not really, you know, celebrating or observing the holiday. Yes, we are. Yes, we are if we're doing those things, okay? When we bring those trees into our house and we basically observe those things, that's still a, a committing idolatry according to the scriptures. You don't have to be in a dark pit somewhere drinking blood and dressed in a, a raggedy garment or something. You know, just talking about, oh, uh, oh, I mean, that it it, it it has evolved, okay, as far as the, the perception of it. But the practice and the custom is still there. The spirit of that custom is still there.
1: Okay. Well, uh, Kabar, uh sounds like these brothers saying that, you know, whether you are intentionally um, involved with these pagan practices or you are ignorantly involved in these pregnant pagan practices, you need to abandon them. Now, one thing that seems to be very, very innocent, because it's kind of like Spider-Man or Batman or somebody like that, everybody knows, ex- with the exception of small children, they know that Santa Claus is a fictitious character. Santa Claus and the reindeer, all that stuff is just purely fiction. So th- it's, it's, there's, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's nothing wrong with, you know, having santa claus around mentioning santa claus and getting involved in that whole thing is there anything wrong with that
2: yeah there's something absolutely wrong with it because it's not of god it's not of it's not according to what christ laid down It's not commandment It's not law it's not anything of the way that the mosai laid down or the things that christ laid down but neither is batman or superman though and there's nothing wrong with those either you know yeah, yeah but no one's saying no one no one is saying that batman and Superman is giving them gifts on december 25th either so we have to understand uh, that we're we're incorporating a lot more than just saying a name we're talking about a practice that's going on we're talking about a belief system no one have a belief system and batman and Superman like they do like it's taught to children about Santa Claus so we let's be clear about the difference between the two we're talking okay. about a belief system we're talking about uh, an idea, a concept, a character that is taught to children from their youth up. And, there's, of course, it is a lie that parents tell their children to make them believe that. And, you know, there's, there's all sorts of problems with that in and of itself. You know, parents lying to their children, no matter how uh, benign or how um, innocent they may think it is, a lie is a lie. So, you know, that's the one thing you have to deal with besides the fact that um, this thing is, is rooted in and based on idolatry. That's the, that's the main point. But you know what? I, the reason we have these practices of a, is, of course, because it comes out of the Roman Catholic Church. Okay, these are things that's endorsed by the Roman Catholic Church, that's um, condoned by the Roman Catholic Church, and, of course, you're, de- you're dealing with a, a billion people almost who's actually associated, involved with a part of the Roman Catholic Church. So let me. I, I just want to address that one issue before we move in to that the practice uh uh taught or or, or condoned through the Roman Catholic Church is in how this thing first came into the Roman Catholic Church. If you could just play clip Santanelia uh for for me please.
1: Sure thing. Give me one second here. Santana, right? Yep. All right, you got it.
0: 270 A.D., the Roman Emperor Aurelian had made it official, setting aside a seven-day period from December the 17th through the 24th, culminating in an exchange of gifts on December the 25th to celebrate the birth of the sun god. This Roman orgy to end all orgies later became known as Saturnana in honor of the god Saturn, the god of excess. Roman soldiers invading Britain brought with them their pagan orgiistic traditions. Upon taking root in England, Saturnalia became known as the Festival of Fools reigned over by the Lord of Misrule. By the 4th century, the influential government-sanctioned Church of Rome, unable to outlaw the growing number of pagan practices, chose instead to adopt them into their so-called official Christianity.
2: Oh, wow. Okay, so so we're seeing we're seeing that of course this entire thing of what evolved these pagan idolatrous fornication uh, lascivious practices that began in, in ancient times evolved into what we call Christmas today. It was something that was outlawed in England. It was something that was excluded from the church, but later because. So many people was involved, and because the, world, the, the pressure from the world was on the false Catholic Roman, Roman Church at that time, they adopted it. Because they couldn't, uh, they couldn't uh, 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 get the people to come out of it, they decided to go into it. And they adopted as part of the Roman Catholic Church, and this is why you have Christmas today. It had nothing to do with Christ. It had nothing to do with honoring him. We, we already understand that the gift-giving, like you were speaking about earlier, that was done on December 25th according to the sun god, uh, Mithra, so on and so forth. These gifts was dedicated in honor to him. Okay, so that's where we're getting that from. So even though you, you're doing it, oh, I'm, uh, this is about my family and so on and so forth, on that December 25th, the entire spirit and origin of it was dealing with idolatry, giving honor to the sun god, Mithra. But we understand that these are, pagan idolatrous practices that was um, absorbed into the Roman Catholic Church, not because they wanted to hold fast to God and Christ, but because they wanted to have influence over the people and, re- and retain their position of dominance, they absorbed this. So we see with the true allegiance is to. is the power and dominance through Satan, and it's not through the establishment of righteousness through Christ. So that's how you got Christmas in and of itself, and all the practices associated with it, into the church and down to the people today. So now we can deal with the character that comes out of Christmas called uh, Santa Claus because we already understand that it's coming out of idolatry. Now we can see the problem with Santa Claus himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for that, if you can just play um, uh, Black Peter, the uh, the uh, clip called Black Peter. Okay.
0: According to the traditions of the Church of Rome, there was a Turkish bishop named Nicholas who hailed from Myra in Asia Minor during the 4th century. He was known as the patron saint of seafaring men. Over the centuries, as the legend began to unfold, it was rumored that Saint Nicholas had actually captured the devil himself, put him in chains, and made him his personal servant. Recognized in various cultures as Krampus, the Beelzebub, or Zwart-Piet, Black Peter. This assistant of St. Nicholas is best known by his German name, Neft Ruprecht. Described as a hideous horned creature, the servant Ruprecht was a dark and sinister figure who stood in stark contrast to the saintly Nicholas. Somehow, Father Christmas's companion, the horned ghost, had metamorphosized into the foreboding horned devil called Ruprecht. As Saint Nicholas traveled from house to house, inquiring about the behavior of children, Ruprecht would drop candy and gifts down the chimney into the good children's shoes which had been placed there. It was from this story that we get our tradition of hanging stockings on the mantle at Christmas time. If able to recite a verse or demonstrate a skill for Saint Nicholas, the child would receive a gift. If unable to remember a verse or if the child had been bad, he or she would receive a switch or a whip. Ruprecht also carried a large sack, which he would frequently use to haul away the really bad boys and girls. As more and more Christian churches began combining the pagan rituals of the winter solstice with the celebration of the birth of Christ, emphasis on St. Nicholas's role began to shift. Some cultures began to downplay the role of St. Nicholas, but surprisingly retained Ruprecht. Eventually, Necht Ruprecht was made the companion and servant to the Christ child himself. In this scenario, the devil is actually given the title Vinoxman or Santa Claus. 19th century writer Theodore Storm, in his story about Necht Ruprecht, even goes so far as to describe the switches given to the children by Ruprecht as tools to be used in sadomasochistic rituals. Soon, the image of Ruprecht would fade from the Christmas tradition. But not his sadistic influence. Many of the early depictions of Santa Claus portrayed him not as a jolly gift giver, but of an unfriendly disciplinarian, complete with a ready switch or whip.
1: I'm sorry. Did I did I hear that correctly? At one time, that she said that uh, the, the 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 character Ruth Pratt had sort of morphed into. Who chose the devil had more than the Santa Claus.
2: Exactly. This is mm-hmm. this is as tradition goes down through time. The, 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 in the various societies and cultures, it, it changes and it evolves. Originally, what we call Santa Claus today was out of this myth that this Saint Nicholas, and uh, under the Roman Catholic Church, uh, this myth that he had captured the devil and made him his personal servant. The various names change from uh, Nick, from um, uh, Zwart Pete to Nick the Ruprint? Until you have today his name of Santa Claus, which came out of the Knoxman. Okay, that was another name for Santa Claus. It was actually this character who is supposed to be the devil himself who actually becomes the modern day Santa Claus that we have today. Okay, <laughs> this is where this is coming out of understanding that these are idolatrous pagan origins and practices that's being handed down to the people from the Roman Catholic Church. we go to first Corinthians second Corinthians chapter 11 verse 12 we once again we are warned of these things and how these false apostles and false Christ false churches are going to be established that is going to actually turn the people away from God and the truth to fables and lies and Satan. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, starting at uh, verse uh, 13, it says, for, for such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. This is what the clergymen of the Roman Catholic Church did, transformed themselves into the apostles of Christ. Okay, but they are false apostles and deceitful workers. Verse 14 says, And no marvel." for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, because they okay. say they're for Christ, they say they are disciples of the, of the Lord Jesus Christ, they say they are of the apostolic apostolic order, or the descent of the apostolic order of Christ, meaning apostles on down through the ages, which they are not, but it tells you that they transformed themselves of the ministers as they are the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. And all of their works are against the commandments of God, against Christ, against the way of righteousness. So because they're going to receive of their works, of course, we know the, uh, the, um, the, the reward for sin, okay, the, the reward for sin and transgression is what? Death. So that's the reward that they're going to receive. And, of course, the Scripture tell you in, in Proverbs, that a companion of fools shall surely be destroyed. So for everybody who wants to remain under this Roman Catholic church and doctrine that is not according to the scriptures, they are going to receive of the same reward. So that's why the need for repentance has to go out, that word of Christ has to go out, and that's why those of our people have to repent, come out of these traditions, come out of these, these idolatrous practices, and back to the commandments of God that Christ actually taught. Okay, all right. Now, you know, one thing that goes
1: along with this whole Santa Claus and uh, reindeer uh, are, are bells. You know, and they even make a song about the bells, jingle bells. And uh do you have, you know, some knowledge about, you know, maybe the origin of the bells, or maybe if there's nothing wrong with it, or maybe there's something wrong with it. You know, at this point, I, I would assume there's probably some paganism associated with it. Uh, would I be right about that?
4: well the the primary thing the significance of the bells uh as i understand it with the uh basically with the whole observance going back into the history of you know the winter solstice and the paganistic holidays and things like that uh historically the bells were used as, as noisemakers during those times like around the harvest and when it started getting cold to ward off evil spirits that that was mainly their uh their primary use during that time um Now that's not to say basically if somebody, I mean, because people, you know, before they had horns, you know, on the cars, they had bells. You know, you got bells when you walk into the door. It's not talking about that. That's not going into that. Okay. This is basically those bells were used to ward off evil spirits in the observance of that holiday around this time. And, you know, even going into the different mythologies with the bells and the reindeers, you know, I'm not even going to address that you know cuz all all that stuff yeah. that of dealing with Santa Claus and all of that that's that's foolishness as well but um what i wanted to add to uh you know the the dovetail on end of what the brother was talking about uh dealing with the Roman Catholic church that's that's it doesn't matter what denomination or what name someone wants to give you know their their faith if if they are observing the things that are not lining up in the scriptures you know concerning this holiday or any other holiday then that that's considered idolatry Excuse me, idolatry according to the scriptures It's just that, you know, the Roman Catholic Church Has been one of the primary avenues for promoting uh, You know, some of these Pagan holidays, because you can You know, you can go back, you know and Again, not to go too much into the history But you can go back and see how These things were just regurgitated How the gods of the other nations Were just regurgitated throughout the Different empires that ruled You know, going all the way from Nimrod going up to the Egyptian, um, you know, during the time when Israel was in Egypt, going into the Horus and ISIS and all these things. I mean, in every single nation that ruled the face of the earth, you can see the parallel of the different deities that they set up and the customs that they observed and how the empire that was in rule at that time, how they set up those things. And it, it basically, is parallel throughout history. And a lot of that changed when the Greek, the Greeks and the Romans came into power when they started to bring, to unify the people. And that's one of the aspects when you read in like the first and second Maccabees and the Apocrypha, you see how the Greeks and the Romans, they wanted to bring every aspect of every nation into play to make all one people, okay? That happened during the rulership of Constantine. And that's what you have here, you know, Basically, fast-forwarding today in America, which is why it's called the Great Melting Pot, they want to put everything in one spot, and they want everybody to be the same people, and in order to do that, they had to pull from certain aspects of every culture and, and every society to make you know, this one thing that everybody was going to follow to make it more palatable or make it easier for everyone to follow. Oh, well, we used to do this in our country, or we used to do this in, in our faith. So, yeah, we, we can, you know, we can follow this. Yeah, this, this is uh, easier for us to digest, easier for us to accept, you know. So that that's the thing that we have to be careful of, which is why it's very so important for us to stick to what the Scripture is saying and apply that understanding and not go on our emotion.
1: Alright, we got uh, just a little bit of time left here And just want to kind of go around and get some parting words From all the um, brothers here on the uh, panel And I guess I'll start off with you, Kazakia
4: I'll just uh, read the scripture This is Ecclesiastes uh, in the Bible Chapter 12 and verse 13 And uh, it says basically Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man.
3: All right, very good. Thank you, brother. And you want to turn your part of the world? Yes, I have it. Please, please ask keys in the Bible, chapter 1 and 9. The things that have been, it is that which shall be, and that which is done is that which shall be done. And there is, new, and there is no new thing under the sun, whether it's called Saturnalia, Yule, Christmas, Christmas, uh, mistle told Black Peter is all in wickedness because it's going to lead to what fornication, sex uh, adultery, the seriousness, and so forth. things for the heavenly Father said not to do
2: all right and uh Kabbar, your parting words, yes, understanding that Christ is the testimony of the entire Bible as written in john five and thirty nine I'm reading isaiah eight and twenty it tells you to the Lord and to the testimony. If they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. All right, and about you. Your parting words, please.
4: Uh, the book of Ecclesiasticus in the Apocrypha, chapter 20, verse 32, where it says, Necessary patience in seeking the Lord is better than he that leadeth his life without a guide. Because the thing is, is that we have to have a guide to walk righteously in his life, and that guide is scripture through the understanding of Christ. And we have to be patient in learning and understanding, and also to apply it. All right. Well, brothers, thank you so much for participating today. And just special thanks to you for uh, coming
1: on as a guest panelist. And also want to show uh, gratitude to those people who have listened in and have been in the chat room. But most of all, all thanks, all praise, and all glory to the Most High and His Son Christ. Until next time, the Most High. The name of Christ bless you, Shalom. 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 Brothers and sisters, thank you for visiting with us in the virtual living room of the Body of Christ Church. You can visit our website at THEVOCC.com. Or you can email us at bodyofchrist@newreach.com, at or call us at 877-871-1712. Until our next visit, the Most High in the name of Christ, bless you. Shalom.